Welcome to episode 60 of Take of a Tea. I have screwed this up three times already. I am not going to restart, even though I still cannot say episode 60. I don't know what it is about episode 60 that keeps making me trip up over the words, but we're not starting this again. I'm completely changing how I was going to do the intro. I was going to make a joke about, haha, listen to the squeaky chair. I don't know if you can hear it. Uh, okay, so I don't. I, look, look, right? Okay, this is a solo episode. Like last week, I don't know what's going to happen. So we'll just we'll just see. Um, as you can see, I guess I guess that's one way to put it. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, I got a haircut. Also, I didn't fix my lights up. I did a longer than normal sound check and forgot to actually fix things up as I was doing it. Anyway, yes, haircut. Um, got that. What time is it? An hour ago. I realized my hair was getting a little too long and I, I decided to fix it. I know I got the exact same haircut that I always get. Actually, I'll show you if you're, if you're curious and you want, I don't know, you want to be weird and you want to get the exact same haircut as me for some weird reason. Uh, obviously, you could show a picture of my head. Uh, the other alternative is I could show you the picture that I use to get the exact same haircut every single time. Where is it? No, that's me looking up scam numbers. Here it is. This, this dude. If you look up, like, simple male haircuts, you'll find it at some point. This is this is what I'm... I, I show you this, like, the, the barber, this picture, and, like, do that. And then I get this, which... Works out, yeah. I I think it I think it looks good. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to just get like clippers over my head, like the exact same setting. I think like number two, just all over my head. Worked out. It's certainly a uh, a cheap way to do haircuts. The reason why I was like that is because I was living in um rural Queensland at the time, and I don't even know where the nearest hairdresser or barber would have been. It would have at least been like a half an hour or hour drive. So my mum decided that she wanted to cut my hair when I, uh, well, when, the, when I was a kid. And my mum, not being a hairdresser, decided to go with the easiest route, which is just clippers all over. This isn't clippers all over, but it looks, it looks like an evolved form of that, which I like. I know I should probably try out a different haircut at some point. Actually, this was like a grid of four pictures. I don't like any of the other pictures in here. Uh, here we go. I'll show you. This is great for the audio, guys. So... Uh, yeah, the, the one in the top left, I, I feel like that's, like, the big douche haircut, like, where you have the, you know, where you have, like, basically the entire sides completely shaved off, and then your bold side head gets, like, faded into, like, a bit of a top bit. I think it looks really dumb. It's not as bad as, like, the, um, the comb-over that a lot of people have, where it's just, like, the, uh, the, you know... The, it looks, it's like 20-year-olds getting a haircut that a 70-year-old would have, where they shave the sides off, but then they, it, it's a comb-over. That's what it is. It is a comb-over. And I don't understand why there are people in their 20s who just get comb-overs. I'm going to, wait, I'll, I'll see if I can find it. Um, sure, you probably know what it is. Uh, comb-over. Let's see if we can find, yeah, you just look up comb-over and you'll find it. It looks dumb. What is this? How you know that you're, how you know if you're a douchebag on YouTube, you have this haircut. I don't know of a single, a single YouTuber who has that haircut. Actually, wait, there is one. Uh, I was going to say a single YouTuber who has that haircut, who's not a douchebag. Um, the camera guy, the camera guy that I'm forgetting the name of. 
Um, Peter McKinnon. Yes, Peter McKinnon. He seems like a chill dude. Um, does he have that haircut? I'm pretty sure he does. I don't want to. I don't want to throw Peter McKinnon under the bus. Uh, Peter McKinnon. Okay, he's had that haircut. Yeah, he's had the haircut, but he does many things with his hair. Okay. But he's also not a douchebag, so that's fair. Um, that wasn't the, the, the way I was planning to start this. That works out, though. Also, the other thing. So the dude that I got my haircut done by, different guy than normal. Usually, I don't, like, I'm not a person who goes there who's like, I want a specific person to cut my hair. It just happens to be that the guy I get my hair cut by also works there full time. So he just happens to be there most of the time I get my hair cut. And most of the time I go there... Uh, he recognizes me, so he will come up and, like, be the one who wants to cut my hair. That's fine. The new guy I got my hair cut done by, apparently he's been there for eight months or so. I don't know if he's worked at another barber shop before, but at this specific one, I'll, I'll give him a shout-out. They're Barber Boys. Barber Boys is a cool place. If you're ever in uh, Adelaide, go check out Barber Boys. I'll show you their website. Um, but this dude, fine on the hair. The hair is perfectly fine. I don't have anything to complain about. Um, I'm sure my sister will find something too, because she likes to do that. Um, oh, I guess maybe they're in more than just South Australia? Anyway, it doesn't matter. They're in South Australia, and that's all that matters to me. Yeah, okay, they are in South Australia. Okay. I guess they're not anywhere else. Anyway, not in, not in, where they're located is not important. They're located near me, and that's important to me. Um... But he got the hair fine, and then the beard. I, I usually don't get the beard trimmed up when I go to a barber, just because a lot of the time, they cut it in a way that I'm not a big fan of. Like, they'll shape it to be very round, whereas I prefer more of, like, a, a you know, a flat, square cutoff. Um, but he, he did the round thing, which is fine. I can clean that up myself. The thing that annoyed me is this side here. He made, like, the top bit up here, like, really short. And I've fixed it now, but this side here... He basically didn't even cut. He, like, trimmed off, like, the really long bits, and then it, it's still really long, though. It's just, like, the, the whiskery bits that sit off the, to the side. But, like, the, the majority of it was still way too long. And I didn't realize this until I got in the car. I was like, wait, why, why can I, like, pull it this side? Because the other side definitely couldn't. It's only, like, $15 to get the beard trimmed up, so it's not a big deal, but... Even so, I am paying for the beard to be done, so I would like the beard to be done well. And the normal guy I go to uh, definitely does it well. I would say it's sort of like getting a tattoo. I wouldn't get a tattoo from someone who doesn't have tattoos, and you probably shouldn't get your beard cut by someone who doesn't have a beard. Maybe that's just me being, uh, I don't know, a bit of a bit of a boomer about it, but I think it's a, a good position to hold. Like, I wouldn't... If you apply it to other things, like, I wouldn't want, um, say, for example, my computer tech to not own a computer, for example. Like, if, if you're going to be doing a job like that, I'd sort of expect that you sort of embrace the job. Obviously, other jobs, it doesn't matter. But when it's something that sort of specialized, I think if the person doesn't live their entire life in a way where they show they actually enjoy it, you sort of have to question how good of a job they're actually going to do. I'm sure there are really good tattoo artists out there who have no tattoos whatsoever, but it sort of makes me feel a little bit weird. And I, I feel like most people sort of have the same 
at least most people I know, sort of have the same mentality when it comes to tattoo artists. But when it comes to other things, maybe not. Maybe that's just a me thing. Maybe I'm just uh, overthinking it. <laughs> I very well could be. I don't know. Hmm. I had McDonald's for lunch. I don't usually go to McDonald's. Um, my, uh, my regular... My regular order at McDonald's, because I am a child, is uh, 24 nuggets. So I don't know if other McDonald's do this outside of Australia, but Australia has this thing where you can pay... It used to be $10, but over time, they've slowly creeped the price up. It is now, I think, $11.95? $11.95 for 24 nuggets, which obviously is way more expensive than just buying a 24-pack of... I think they use... If I remember correctly from when I worked there... Um, Ingles? Steg... I don't know. They, I think it's either Steggles or... Uh, it's either Steggles or the other chicken brand in Australia. Um, <laughs> anyway. Where was it going with this? Right. Regular order, I'm a child, I buy chicken nuggets. Because chicken nuggets are good. And the sauces I get are ketchup, mustard, sweet and sour, and barbecue. I presume other countries have different sauces you can get at McDonald's. I don't know how different it is. I know Australia likes to do things weirdly. Like we have Hungry Jack's here, which is Burger King in anywhere else that has Burger King. But for whatever reason, I actually don't know. Let's see if we can find out the story of Burger King in Australia. I've heard that like the reason why they changed the name back uh, was because like they just didn't do well in Australia after they uh, after they changed the name for some reason. Or maybe there's more to it than that. Uh, why it's hard to find Burger King in Australia. The Burger King franchise in Australia, Hungry Jack's. Okay, that's on the Hungry Jack's website. Um, why is Burger King called Hungry Jack's in Australia? Let's find out from Cora. Uh, I don't know the real reason for the Hungry Jack's name, but I, but I suspect it was because of naming rights. I was involved in the launch of Hungry Jack's in Adelaide, oh, sure, okay, in the 80s, and a big advertising campaign was organized to announce the grand opening, but nobody from Hungry Jack's ever gave me an explanation of why we weren't launching Burger King. So I assumed that as a Burger... So I, uh, so, that I, so I assumed that as Burger King wanted to come out in direct competition to McDonald's, they wanted it to be perceived as different, so getting a name right was very important. To my mind, there were two possibilities. Someone in Australia owned the rights to the Burger King name only in Australia and wasn't prepared to sell those rights to Burger King when they decided to set up in Australia. I, I might, I might, I don't know, maybe, maybe they, that's the case, but I feel like Burger King would have the money, like any level of money they, that this person wanted. Like who else would want the name Burger King besides the Burger King franchise? Like no one else is going to try to buy that off of them. I'm sure like you could... Probably pushed them up to like a mil multiple millions of dollars, probably. But I don't know, maybe they just wanted to hold on to it and then just say, like, I own the Burger King name because lol, that's funny. Mm. And research Burger King did in Australia prior to setting up in Australia told them the name Burger King had the wrong feel for Australia. So the decision was made to come up with another name. If this is the case, they would have used research to find the alternative, Hungry Jacks. And I think that that also might very well be uh, part of it as well. Because, like, most people in Australia don't call McDonald's McDonald's unless you're, like, from some poshy area. Like, most people I know call McDonald's Maccas. So if you have direct competition to Maccas, be called Hungry Jacks, it sort of makes sense because 
Maka and Jax. There's like a similar sort of, it's not a rhyme. I don't know what you'd call it if like part of the word sounds similar. I don't know if there's a term for that actually. Maybe. There's a linguist listening to this. Let me know because I have no idea. Um, maybe that, that, that could very well be part of it. Just sort of lining them up as direct competition by having similar-ish sounding names. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's more to it than that, but I, I've sort of heard this rumor for so long and I've never heard like a proper explanation for why it's the case. There's always just been these like different answers. Like there was a, maybe a lawsuit and someone owned and all these other things, but oh wait, Burger King Corporation versus Burger King Corporation versus Hungry Jack's PTY Limited. We've found a case. Um, Hungry Jack's became the Australian franchisee of Burger King in 1971. By 1996, it was the largest franchise outside of the United States. Blah, blah, blah. Don't care. Um... Oh, so... Wait, what? In 1996, Burger King purported to terminate the, ing the agreement between itself and Hungry Jack's on the basis that Hungry Jack's had not opened the required number of stores. Hungry Jack's then sued Burger King, alleging that Burger King had no right to terminate the agreement and also alleging the validity of the new extension agreements. Hungry Jack's was, was successful at trial. The trial finding that there had been breaches of contract and breaches of fiduciary duty on Burger King's part. The awarding Burger... Uh, and awarding Hungry Jack's nearly uh, 71 million Australian dollars in damages. What the hell? Is there way more to this story than I actually knew about? So that was the Wikipedia page for Hungry Jack's. Let's see if there's more on that. I we're going to follow this topic as far as it goes. I'm sure I could talk about other things that might be more interesting, but you know what? We're going to just talk about Burger King and Hungry Jack's for now. Um, so... Hungry Jack's PTY Limited is an Australian fast food franchise, the Burger King Corporation. It is wholly owned uh, subsidiary of Competitive Foods Australia. What the world is Competitive Foods Australia? Um, Competitive Foods Australia. Ah, so they own Hungry Jack's and also KFC. Aha. Uh -huh. Competitive Foods. What an odd name. I wonder. I wonder where that one came from. That's a. That's a. Probably a whole nother story. So, history of Burger King in Australia. Um, a Hungry Jack's restaurant in Wagga Wagga, New South Wales. I just realized I'm not showing you this. Here is the a, hung, a Hungry Jack's restaurant in Wagga Wagga, in, uh, Wagga, 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 Wagga Wagga, New South Wales. That's, that's harder to say than it should be. Uh, when Burger King moved to expand its operations into Australia, it found that its business name was already trademarked by a takeaway food shop in Adelaide. <laughs> yes, Adelaide strikes again. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I love that. Um, as a result, Burger King provided the Australian franchisee Jack Cohen with a list of possible alternative names derived from pre-existing trademarks already registered by Burger King and its then-corporate parent, Pillsbury, uh, that could be used to name the Australian restaurants. Cohen selected Hungry Jack brand name, one of Pillsbury's U.S. pancake mixture products, okay, and slightly changed the name to a possessive form by adding an apostrophe and S to form the new Hungry Jacks. Uh, the Australian franchise of Burger King Corporation was established in Inner Loop, Perth, 
under the auspices of Cohen's uh, new company, Hungry Jack's PTY Limited. By the end of its first decade of operation, Hungry Jack's expanded to 26 stores in three states. In October 1981, the company opened its, uh, its first New South Wales store in the Sydney Central Business District on the corner of Liverpool and George Street. In 1976, the chain entered Victoria by purchasing 11 stores from the ailing Wendy's uh, Wendy's hamburger chain, later converting them to Hungry Jack's. Wendy's still does exist in Australia. It's just, from what I understand, Wendy's in Australia is very different from Wendy's in America. Anyway, let's find out about uh, about this story right here. Uh, is that gonna? Where's that gonna take us to? Worldcat.org. Okay. Oh, this is going to be a research paper. I have no interest in reading that. So, <laughs> some lad in uh, in Adelaide of all fucking places owned the name owned the name Hungry Jacks and was like, "Nah, fam, I'm good." Hmm. Oh, so owned the name Burger King. I was like, "Nah, fam, I'm good." That's that's awesome. So Jack Cohen is okay. He's the He's an, a Canadian-Australian businessman, an entrepreneur uh, with a long-term involvement in franchise fast food chains in Australia and Canada. Cohen bought KFC to Australia and founded and owns Hungry Jack's. And he's been in control of Domino's. He was an investor in t uh, 10 Network. Wow, this dude probably has a shitload of money. So that is the story of Hungry Jack's, apparently. Some fucking lad in Adelaide owned the name, uh, owned the name Burger King, and... I guess they he didn't want to sell it, or maybe they weren't going to offer him enough or something. I don't know. Surely they could have offered him enough. Or maybe it was just easier for them to just be like, fuck it. We're just going to go with a different name. Because <laughs> now it sort of makes people like me talk about it. Like, why the fuck is this franchise not named Burger King? That would make so much sense. Like, we do have... Um, what's... Um, what's what's the, the donut... The donut chain called um, America. I'm just gonna look up America donut chain. Why? Why am I forgetting it? Um, Krispy Kreme. Yes, that one. Like a couple of years back, we got Krispy Kreme here. Um, I don't. I don't know why people freaked out. It's just like, okay, we already have donut places here anyway. Like they're just gonna be a more Australian donuts. And it turned out, yes, yes, it was more Australian donuts. Um, I'm not a big donut fan anyway, like, I, especially, like, cinnamon donuts. Cinnamon donuts are way too sweet for me. I'm not a big fan of, like, desserty style stuff. Like, I'll eat it, but I'm not going to go out of my way to buy it, and there's not really much I'm going to eat. Like, if you hand me, say, like, a, a slice of carrot cake, for example, I'm probably going to eat, like, two or three bites just because I really cannot eat that much of it. I used to be really into sweets as a kid, though. Like, I I would drink... Maybe this is why I'm not into sweet stuff now. Because I would drink, like, multiple bottles of Mountain Dew a week. Like, it probably doesn't even sound... It's probably rookie numbers for some people, but I would drink, like, three or four, like, one and a half to two litre bottles of uh, Mountain Dew a week, which is not very good for you. And is worse for you because Australia sort of phased out the regular version of Mountain Dew and then only has Mountain Dew energized. Like, you can still get the regular version from, um, like, American import stores, but 
when it comes to just yeah the the regular version when that phased out i i, I realized when that phased out because my my like 14 year old energy level just fucking shot through the roof 14 year olds do not need to have energy drinks i don't understand why they why like i they don't even like most of them don't even taste good like why would you just drink red bulls and mothers like there's better drinks out there you're 14 you don't need more energy if anyone needs energy i've i don't remember who made this joke i'm gonna steal their joke though like the people you should be giving energy drinks to are the people in like nursing homes playing bingo. Those are the people who need more energy, not someone who is barely coming out of what well, barely coming out of being a child, just hitting the point where they are finally starting to notice their voice crack. That's the sort of person that does not need more energy. Uh, <laughs> how have we gone on 20 minutes talking about bullshit energy drinks and hungry jacks? I don't fucking know. Speaking of bullshit, though, I'm going to show you the funniest thing I've, I think I've ever seen. I, when someone sent this to me, I was like, no, this can't be real. This is not a real thing. Um, so have you heard of 2B2T, the, uh, the oldest anarchy server in Minecraft, as uh, FitMC would say? Um, <laughs> so something amazing happened. Stop showing me damn eToro ads. Um, something hilarious happened on this server, uh, very recently, so, and every, every single time I hear it, I burst out laughing, because you just, you just listen to FitMC's voice, just, with basically, like, no emotion, like, FitMC normally has, just, just saying this, so I'm gonna show you something, I had to put my earphones in so you wouldn't hear it over my speakers, um, should be able to hear this. Let's see. Was built with at least yeah, here we go. Nope. Yeah, here we go. Okay. Just get get ready for something beautiful. This is getting absolutely ridiculous. Over the past few months, a group of Japanese Minecraft players have been working in secret to construct a giant portrait of the VTuber Usada Pekara on the oldest anarchy server in Minecraft. <laughs> now, <laughs> in that I've heard that like 10 fucking times and it doesn't stop. It doesn't make me stop laughing or I, I can't stop laughing any single time I hear it. It is so, so fucking funny. Just listening to FitMC. <laughs> listening to FitMC say that fucking name and say that sentence. I don't know what is so funny about it, but it is absolutely amazing. But this is actually a, like a really wholesome story though. Like, I was expecting this to just be, like, a big April Fool's joke or something like that. But no, what actually happened is um, a bunch of, for whatever reason, 2B2T, which is a Minecraft Anarchy server. If you don't know what an Anarchy server is, basically, it's a Minecraft server where there's basically no rules. Like, there's a couple of very little things, but you can run hacked clients if you want. The admins don't really care. Um, <clears throat> so... What happened basically is for what for some reason maybe some Japanese Minecraft YouTuber or something covered it, but 2B2T suddenly had like an influx of Japanese players on it. For whatever reason, it just became popular on Japanese YouTube, and there were a couple of players there who just because they'd never played an Anarchy server before had no idea 
what to really expect from Anarchy Server. And this server is notoriously uh, cruel to new players. If you don't know what you're doing, you will be destroyed. They will ruin your life. Um, basically, there was one person on the server who's a really big fan of Usada Pekora. And when he found out all of these Japanese people were joining the server, uh, he decided to change his character and name to that and also change to a skin of her as well. And basically as an attempt to try to, I guess, get them to talk to him so that he could sort of coach them on how anarchy servers actually work. And it worked really well because one of the new people was a really big fan of uh, Pekora. Also running a Pekora skin as well. I don't remember what his name was, some Usada something or rather. Doesn't really matter though. And basically they just went about their life uh, playing around the server, sort of getting the idea of how it worked. They brought in a couple of new people. They started building their group on the server called, uh, uh, what, was it, what was the name? Fit, tell me what the name is. Where is it? Here's the name. Uh, where that fit? You can read out the name for me. Group that calls themselves the Japanese Army, and how an there you go. That uh, Nihongun, 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 <laughs> Nihongun, Nihongun, uh, Nihongun, or the Japanese Army, basically. Um, and the sort of typical thing that happens when you become a group in uh 2B2T is. Once you've sort of become comfortable, you'll eventually make some sort of obsidian structure. And they decided not to do something small. Like, as you can see, they've made other things. Like, you've got, um, what was it? The Yamato-sen, I think it was what it was called. Basically, they built a big uh, replica of the, uh, the Yamato battleship. Also, there's this uh, <laughs> derpy-looking uh, Minato Aqua in the sky. But they wanted to build something big. So they wanted to build basically the biggest obsidian structure on the server. Right. Before uh, before they built their structure, the biggest obsidian structure was this giant owo. <laughs> giant owo. And it was like 1.5 million blocks of obsidian or something stupid like that. But they wanted to one-up that. So they decided to build... This, uh, this Pekora, which was, um, 1.8 million, no, sorry, 2. Uh, 2.1 million blocks, sorry. Yeah, 2.1 million blocks was how big their, their uh, structure was going to be. But because it's 2B2T, they can't have anything happen without any difficulties. So, one of the people in the group wasn't really working, uh, wasn't really working on the project. So that person got kicked out of the group before they'd actually started building the giant Pekoda. And when this person found out they were building some sort of structure, he went to go grief it, but he thought that the, uh, the, the replica of the Yamato battleship was their obsidian structure. So he started griefing that structure, which sort of bought them some time to keep working on their main structure. And by the time he worked out that the Yamato battleship was not the structure they're working on, the uh, <laughs> the giant Pekora was about 90% done, which he really couldn't uh, grief it once it was that done. So he decided to basically... Um, try to infiltrate their group and grief it like that. But they realized that it was him running an alt account and decided to do a bed trap. So a bed trap is basically where you get someone to set their spawn point and then you put lava on top of the bed and 
surrounded by obsidian, making it so it's basically impossible for them to get out. They're just infinitely in a death loop because by the time that they would be able to break the obsidian, their character would be long dead. So they just keep dying over and over and over again. And there's nothing you can really do at that point besides getting like the admins to teleport you out of there or that's really the only thing. Switching to an alt account, at that point, there's nothing else you can really do. So this story was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever seen. I honestly thought this was a joke when someone sent me the clip. Because I think they sent it to me... I think they sent it to me, like, just after it came out. So it would have been still very close to um, April Fool's Day. But I checked when this was uploaded. Not April Fool's Day. He honestly should have... Uh... <laughs> He should have talked about it a little bit earlier, just just to make people think it was a joke. But no, not an April Fool's joke. This thing does exist, and it is hilarious. The problem with 2B2T, though, is because of how popular of an anarchy server is, being the oldest anarchy server in Minecraft, um, the, the server waiting times are within, like, the... I think in some cases you might have to wait an entire day to get onto the server in the like the really busy periods where like some outside YouTuber talks about it. like if PewDiePie was to talk about it for example there would be like thousands upon thousands of people waiting to join the server and it wouldn't be a fun experience. I don't exactly understand the appeal of waiting to join some just one Minecraft server for that long. I'd much rather just go do something else. Like, play on a server that doesn't have multiple hour or day waiting times. But some people want to do it, and hey, that's what they want to do. Maybe they just want to be a part of this really weird history. I think I've talked about Fit towards the, um, you know, when I give a shout out to some random channel. Fit's content is really, really good. I highly suggest it. Um, but hey, especially if you want to, especially if you want to hear someone every single video say, the oldest anarchy server in Minecraft. You've probably heard his voice before if you've ever seen any sort of, um, any sort of, like, Minecraft meme like that. I, he's doing some random other stuff. I guess, uh, I guess even, uh, even Fit will run out of content on, uh, on, just on 2v2t. We'll have to try out some, uh, some other servers. Usually, he will, like, a lot of these, like, um, 2B2T guys also talk about, like, the other anarchy servers that exist and, like, ah, oh, but none of them are actually as good as 2B2T. 2B2T is the OG, therefore it is the best. But from what I've seen, it does seem to be the best. The one advantage the other ones do have is you can play on them. That's a good advantage, though. Uh, I, yeah, it's not my thing. I'd much rather just play something chill. I don't really like multiplayer games for the most part. I'd much rather just play something single player. But, hey, if that's the thing you want to do, I, I can only respect it, to be honest. Um, yeah. Let's see. What what else do we want to talk about? Um, talking about some video games. We could Yeah, we could keep talking about some video games, I guess. Um, I think I talked, yeah, I talked, I I think. I made a 15-minute clip from it. Um, I talked a bit about Kingdom Hearts mods last week, but the modding scene is... This modding scene is just exploding. Like, it is getting absolutely crazy what's being done. So, not only can you play as, you know, any of the normal playable characters that are in the game, 
they've started doing things like importing new players, like importing new characters to play, playing as characters that wouldn't normally be playable, like Xion, Lee, and um, Inventus, for example. While they do have attack sets, they aren't intended to be player characters, but it's much easier to like play as Kyrie and play as Riku because there are sections of KH3 where you can actually play as them. Um, also, there is a new mod menu, which isn't as difficult to get, so I guess they worked out a trigger that works for earlier in the game. The, I think the reason why they had it attached to, um, attached to spawning Simba earlier was because they were looking for a function to basically bind the, um, the opening of the menu to, and that was the first thing they found. But now what they've bound it to is something you get, I think, when you get in, like, Twilight Town or something... So it's much easier to actually get access to the mod menu so you can start messing around with it from a much earlier point. I imagine as the modding does improve, though, they're just going to have some sort of, like, trigger on your keyboard to launch up the mod menu whenever you want in the game, rather than having it bounce like an in-game event. But honestly, it's really, really cool. Like, they've also imported things like KH1 Sora. It's not playable. You, like, T-pose the entire time, but it's still really, really cool. Also, this new mod menu has um, has a particle viewer as well. How they got that to work, I have no idea. But it really does show what's going to be possible with uh, with the modding in this game once it actually uh, becomes a bit more mature. Because really, well, the game's only been out for like a, not even a month maybe at this point. Maybe it's been a month at this point, but it is insane absolutely insane what's actually happening i can only imagine what's going to happen in the future i think i've briefly talked about this but like the console version of kingdom hearts already has a big modding scene like through um pcsx and also through modded uh, ps4s you could do things like importing new maps and things like that so that sort of goes to show what's going to be possible once this actually does have a a much better, much better understanding of the code base. Honestly, I with how much it's with how much support this is getting, it would be really cool if Square Enix just decided to, you know, release a uh, a mod kit like Bethesda did for basically most of their games. A mod kit would be really cool because I can only imagine what would happen if people actually had access to tools like that. What they're doing is doing this stuff through a completely obfuscated code base where they have to just... They, they, don't understand ex they don't understand any of the code that's actually there. It's sort of have to reverse engineer what's going on and, I guess, decode what's going on to understand it. Having tools like that would open up so many possibilities, though. You could probably turn into a completely different game. Like, I've seen some pretty crazy Skyrim mods and having something like that available for Kingdom Hearts... I don't know. I don't know what could be possible. Sky's the limit, I guess. Because <laughs> it seems like you can do some um, pretty crazy stuff already with KH3, and the game doesn't crash. Like, you can spawn 10 bosses at the same time, and the game runs. Like, it, does, it doesn't run well, but it runs. And that's impressive, because the game is not intended to have that many particle effects and that many character models on... I guess... Character models, yes, but not many that many bosses at the same time. The particle effects would be the big one that's really causing the performance hit. And it seems like it 
not as bad as you'd expect it to be. The PC ports of Kingdom Hearts do seem like they're really good. Oh my god. Okay, so we're seeing model swaps for um, new stuff now. Stop showing me the fucking eToro ad. I don't care. I've seen this ad so many times. Um, <clears throat> I saw... Wait, I need, to, I need to find this. Do you have a timestamp to when you're showing it? Um, is that... Okay, so it's a bunch of Keyblade model swaps. Now keep... Oh! Okay, now that's a character model swap. Okay. <clears throat> so this is um, a model swap for changing uh, Sora into Neku from um, that one game that I'm forgetting the name of that hasn't animated this season. Um, yes. N Neku. You, you know, if you know who Neku is, you probably know who I'm talking about. If you don't know who Neku is, then Google Neku. Um, let's see. So that's swapping. Okay, and this is, I guess, some sort of armored form. Okay, that's cool. <clears throat> Here we go. Here's the one I, I clicked on the thumbnail for. Um, <clears throat> this is model swapping a Keyblade for a Minecraft diamond sword. Um... Why? Yes. <laughs> That's why. That's a, I guess, a recolored Oblivion for some reason. There's a lot of recolor mods, which, you know, recolor mods aren't really that exciting. It's just like, oh, yes, you worked out where the, mod the model file's stored and you put a color on it. Wow, that's pr impressive modding there. But even so, I still think it is pretty cool what's happening. Um, yeah. Oh, so remember with the, uh, the Facebook hack not too long ago? Obviously, lots of data went out there. Seems like maybe my phone number was in there as well because, uh, I, the, earlier today, I have had two spam calls in the exact same day, and they're the exact same spam. So what it was, uh, I presume, like, America has a very similar thing, uh, but Australia has this very common scam right now where... Basically, you'll have someone pretending like they're from the Australian tax office and they're pretending like your tax file number, which I don't know what that's called in your country, but you'll have some equivalent of a tax file number. The name actually is sort of very descriptive, isn't it? Yeah. Describe. It's a number that links to your tax file. Work it out, whatever your number's called. Um, <clears throat> and they'll say, oh, your tax file number has been suspended and the Court of Internal Affairs is going to come and arrest you or some other nonsense like that. And the thing that makes it the most... Firstly, the fact that it's an obvious scam is that uh, they also say things like, there has been suspicious activity in your bank account, but you haven't received a phone call from your bank. Firstly, very big, uh, very big warning sign right there. Second warning sign is that uh, if there's a problem with my tax file number, why didn't the Australian tax office send me an email about it or send me a message on the uh, the tax file um, login portal or why am I not getting a, uh, a phone call from like a human speaker? Also, this is a robocall, so that also is a clue in on it being fake as well. The other very, very obvious clue in that it's very fake is the fact that it's giving you a call from a mobile phone number. So in Australia, any phone number that starts with 04 is going to be a... I guess... Is it all of Australia or is it just South Australia? 
in South Australia at least, 04 is for a mobile number. I don't think that someone from the tax office or the Court of Internal Affairs is going to send me a robocall from a mobile. And obviously you can Google the mobile number. It doesn't show you anything, which is another very obvious sign that it's not exactly a not exactly a real call. Um, but why would the, the tax office, right? They say that you're because of suspicious activity, your tax file number has been suspended. Why would the tax office say they're gonna suspend your tax file number so you've You've done something illegal. Stop paying taxes. It's like, aha. Uh -huh. Now, I get that it sounds scary to like over 60 year olds, but think this through. Why would the tax office decide to make you stop paying taxes because you've done something illegal? I, it, it's scary words, but it, it, if you think through what's actually being said, it's such an obvious scam that I don't understand how anyone actually falls for it. The phone, the mobile number is the biggest giveaway, but what's actually being said is... Uh, at least it's better than the other scam calls that I get. At least this one I can listen to and, like, understand and laugh about. Uh, the other one that's very common here is you get a call from, usually it's from like Melbourne, and it'll just be nothing but Chinese, uh, Chinese rambling. I don't know what's being said. It's all in Chinese. I don't know how well that's supposed to work with Australian listeners. I know there is like a lot of Chinese residents in Australia, but I'm sure that they're probably smart enough to work out that if they're getting a call from an Australian number that is rambling to them in Chinese, it's probably nonsense. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. <clears throat> maybe it's really convincing. But I feel like an Australian number talking to you in Chinese that you've never met before. Probably obvious that it's not a, a government call or anything like that. <clears throat> Has anyone like under, under like 60 ever fallen for one of those scam calls? Honestly. If you have... Honestly, I feel bad for you. I really do. I do feel bad for you, but geez, that is, that's, that's really, really sad if you have. Oh, Lord. <clears throat> yes. Um, how did we get, I don't even know how we got into scam calls. Right. I, I don't know. Some, I was talking with Kingdom Hearts and somehow we got to scam calls for some reason. Works out. Uh, I think the first one I got was at, I think at 10 a.m. or so. When I saw the number, I was like, okay, I'm probably getting a call from work from one of the bosses that just doesn't have my phone number. Like, they'll usually, usually they'll use the work phone um, because, you know, they don't want <clears throat> to use their own, um, they, oh, their own minutes up. But occasionally I will get calls from managers from their personal phones as well, which that's fine. I, I'll, I'll answer. I'll usually tell them, like, I don't want to work, but I'll still answer it because I'm nice like that. <laughs> I'll at least give them the satisfaction of knowing that even though uh, I don't want to work, I'm at least willing to answer my phone, unlike a lot of other people who just see the boss number, put the phone down. Or better yet, when I was managing, see the boss number, instantly end the call. If you instantly end the call, 
There is no more obvious sign that you're actually at your phone. <laughs> at least let it ring out if you're trying to pretend like you're not around. That's that's the way you do that. Not, oh, call end. Yeah. Um. Wait, can I show you this? No, I can't. Right, because I'm not sharing my screen, am I? So I'm actually no longer using my um my regular web browser to do things like Twitter, Discord, Mastodon, things like that. I guess I can I guess I can do something. I can add a new thing in here. We can go uh window capture. Yes, yeah, that'll work. Here we go. Here's the application. Covering the entire screen. So this is an application I guess we can there we go, whatever. We'll make it like that. This is an application known as Ferdy. What it is, is a concept called a messaging browser. Now, I had never heard the term messaging browser before, but basically what it is, is like a, um, I guess like a, a meta collection of all of your different chat apps. So I have Discord in here. I have Twitter in here. I have Mastodon in here. I have Element Obviously not going to show you my messenger because that has things that I, I from people that I don't particularly want to dox. Um, and yeah, my, my sort of idea for running this is even though you could do all of this in your web browser, like there's nothing stopping you running Discord in a regular browser. What I'm doing here though is sort of keeping this stuff all grouped together so that I'm not going to be wasting time as much looking at it, you know, on my regular browser. So what I could go and do is block it out of, like, actually block it in my regular browser so I actually can't open it up. And if I want to check it, I have to go out of my way to open this up. Also, unlike having the Discord app, it doesn't leave an icon in my system tray that, like, shows me that I have a notification. Also, I disable notifications for all of the things in here, so I have to actually go and check it if I want to see something. So I've been running this for like the past, I think past three or four days. And honestly, I kind of like it. Like I kind of like having a bit of freedom from my messages because one of the things that I, one of the things you don't realize uh, about being addicted to something is that you're addicted to it until you stop using it. <laughs> like for the first day I was like going, I, I was, occasionally going back to it more and more but i realized like yeah i'm i'm going to check this thing i don't need to be doing that so i'm i guess just me sort of working on ways to more effectively use my time because it's not like i have a problem with chatting with people on discord i really do enjoy it it's just that i will go and check the messages when there are like no messages and i'll sort of just like sit there and wait for a message and it's just not a good use of your time go back every couple of hours or so there'll be messages then maybe people will be more active then you can chat then i also have a pro i've talked about this one that i sort of um have a problem with checking my youtube statistics way too often i haven't come up with a good way to deal with that I guess I could stick it in the, the messaging browser because even though it's mainly for chat apps, you don't have to just use it for that. You can use it for, you know, anything else you want as well. So you could put like YouTube in there. You could put anything else like that. Yeah. Um, 
I was I was saying I wasn't going to use and that someone said something on Discord I sort of want to respond to. Uh, I also have a Mastodon. Someone uh, didn't realize that the FSF actually has a Twitter account. Um, yeah, the FSF has a Twitter account. If you didn't know that, uh, it's weird. I I wouldn't expect them to be there, but it makes sense because you know Twitter is a popular thing, and you want to get your message to people outside of the, your your sphere. Um, but yeah, 30, I'm going to do a video on it next week. I don't know if it'll be out next week or if it'll be out... Actually, it'll be out next week as of you watching this. Yeah. Or it'll already be out before you watch this. It'll be out soon. Um, I really like it. It's a fork of another application known as, um, Franz. Franz is an interesting one. So, 30 basically exists because the Franz developers really, um really fucked up with the way they structure their application. So it, they have basically the exact same feature set. Um, I don't know of any different or any, any advantages that Franz actually has over 30 because 30 while having all of the same features also has more on top. So it has like a bunch of predefined apps that just work nicely and have like an icon there for you already. For other ones, you just have to add the icon in yourself. Nothing too crazy there. Um, but 30 also supports, uh, supports a bunch of extras as well. So, yeah. Also, you don't need to use an account with 30. With Franz, you do need an account. Like, I don't think even on the free plan, you actually can use it. Uh, you can use it without an account. Also, it has really dumb, dumb, dumb limitations for the free model. So, the free model... You can have up to three messaging services. Wow. Three messaging services? You're a fucking web browser. You're in no position to charge me to have more than three websites open. Piss off with that. <clears throat> also, um, has account sync. 30 also has that as well. But the other nice thing about 30 is you can do the account sync and you can go and host the server yourself. So you don't have to use their own service to do it. Uh, the $3 a month has up to six services. Oh, wow. Six services in a web browser. Fuck off. You're still a web browser. You can't be charging for having websites open. That's fucking stupid. Um, also, the, uh, the free version has ads in it. You have ads in your web browser. Now, Brave does have ads as well. But Brave's ads, I can filter out very easily. So with the oh also the uh, the free version doesn't have access to workspaces. So workspaces are basically uh, groups. So I can have my personal group and my YouTube group and my podcast group. You have to pay six dollars a month to actually do that, and that is six dollars American. So I would have to pay <clears throat> what nine dollars a month just to have more than six websites open, a spell checker no ads, and groups. And obviously that's stupid. So if you are running Franz, just just switch to 30. I don't think any of my viewers would be running Franz. Like if they are running something like this, it will be 30 because not only is 30 um, open source, it's licensed under the Apache license. Not only is it open source, it is just Franz, but objectively better. Like there's nothing about 30 that is worse than Franz. It also has things like a do not disturb mode. So if you want to have it so between 
9 and 5 p.m. You don't want to be able to see any of the things you have in there because you have like Discord and stuff. You could do that. Or if you want to have it so it locks, you could have a lock. Now, don't run the lock on Linux because it does not work. Um, <clears throat> what happens is you actually soft lock the application. So there's once you've locked it, what you're supposed to be able to do is press the lock key and it will prompt you for a password to unlock it. Hotkeys don't work though in the Linux version, so you can't do anything. And you can't rerun the lock command because when you lock it, it takes it out of the context menu. So I noticed this bug when I was testing it out and I was really confused about it the first time I saw it. I was like, did this application already break? Technically, yes, but it was a break of my own doing. So as long as you just don't touch the lock button on Linux, it's fine. But I don't I don't log out of my accounts on my web browser anyway. So <clears throat> really, it's, it's no different. It's just that the websites are already opened up prior to like me actually having to go to them, I guess. <clears throat> so I think 30 is cool and check out the video when it comes out, I guess. Also, it has, like, a to-do thing in it. <clears throat> I don't really care about having to-dos there. Like, I can do my to-dos in anything else, whether that be Vim if I want to do it locally, or I can just go to one of the services that actually integrates in and use it in a full browser window rather than having this little tab off to the side. But <clears throat> maybe, maybe that's how you prefer to do it, but that's not me. I prefer to do it my own way. Personally, the, the local the local stuff in Vim or something like that is usually the way that I'm going to go about doing it. Um, hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> so, every year, um, HexDSL does this end-of-year thing where he uh, talks about... Or he gets a bunch of other YouTubers to talk about whatever really cool game they've been playing throughout the year that's actually supported on Linux. And one... And this is a game that actually came out, like, that year. And I'm going to check this game out, because I think it's going to end up being really good. Uh, it's called Curse of the Dead Gods. Um, it is, like, a... <clears throat> I guess a... It's an action roguelite, as it says there. But it has this really, really nice art style. I guess you'd call it cel-shaded, I guess? Um... But it's sort of, sort of reminds me of like a bit of like Torchlight, a bit of Diablo, a bit of um, bit of a uh, bit of a uh, bit of a Hades. That one. Also, it there's a crossover with Dead Cells, which is cool. Which is just ultimately really cool. Um, I'm loving Dead Cells right now. It's an awesome game. Um, but yeah, look at this art style. Like this is such a. I guess it would be shell a cell shaded, yeah. Another I'm gonna soul. check this out. It is currently on sale for 20% off. And it won't be on sale by the time this comes out. No, it might be. If you're watching this on Odyssey, it'll still be on sale if you're watching it when uh this comes out. Um but it'll probably still be on sale at or it'll go on sale again at a later point as well. But yeah, this just it has a beautiful art style, so I'm probably going to play this, and we'll see if this ends up being my uh, my Linux game of the year. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. We'll see. It, we are still like very close to the start of the year, but I'm not sure what I'm going to replace um, replace Crystar with after I'm done with it. I sort of like the idea of having one infinite game 
and then one game that like sort of will end at some point. So right now I'm maining, I guess I have more than one thing. I'm mainly playing um, Hades and Dead Cells. I I might go back to Doom at some point, but I'm really, <laughs> God, I, I, I got stuck at a point in Doom and it started to piss me off. Um, so we'll see. But right now, Dead Cells is really, really grabbing my attention. I love Dead Cells a lot. So maybe I'll chuck this onto the roster, and then every couple of weeks I'll play Dead Cells, and I'll play Curse of the Dead Gods, and I'll struggle through more fucking Hades. As for Crystar's position, though, I'm still, I'm still not certain on what I want to replace it with. Like, I've got... I'm thinking I might do something on the PS4. Like, maybe... Maybe I'll do Kingdom Hearts, but if I start doing Kingdom Hearts, I I don't know, that, that's going to take a while. Um, like, even if it's just Kingdom Hearts 1 and then go to something else, it's still going to take a while. Or I could maybe play, like, Fairy Fencer. Fairy Fencer is a real... Oh, you don't know what Fairy Fencer is. That's a game that, um, by the same studio, uh, Idea Factory, um, who makes the uh the nep nep series that but this series no one has ever really heard of uh <laughs> so fairy fencer f advent dark force it is quite good though very very similar style to, to the neptunia combat system as well um same sort of like same sort of comedy style as well just a very very different setting uh and i own this on ps4 i do own the the first game on pc I don't really want to spoil what, what it's about because it, it's actually really, really cool. Um, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll say there's, like, some sort of time looping in it, but that's as far as I'll go. Yeah, we'll say there's some time looping in it, and that's about it. Really cool game, though. Might play that. I still haven't played F. Um, F. I've still played Advent Dark Force. F is... They're all, they're all F. They're all Fairy Fantasy Ref, Brody. What are you doing? Um, yeah, Advent Dark Force, I want to play. <laughs> they they sort of got away with doing some um because it is a very time loopy they got away with doing some lazy stuff with the second game you know reusing some areas <laughs> um but there's there were some changes that have happened for sure some new characters some new uh some new stuff like that I cannot show that next picture uh <laughs> maybe uh. Maybe it'll be a problem to play on stream, but it'll probably be fine. Actually, no, that, that picture's fine. Here you go. Here's the picture. Um, yeah, there we go. Also, obvious. Uh, there's obviously going to be some references to the Neptunia series as well. Uh, yeah, also, you can have some toast in your mouth. And you can give everyone swimsuits because reasons. <laughs> it's a fun game, though. I enjoy turn-based RPGs for sure. I don't know why, like, a turn-based RPG is a weird one. Like, there are, it's very difficult to make a good turn-based RPG, but when you play a good one, it's very obvious that it's a good one. Hmm. I don't know, it's sort of weird. Like, I, I can't really quantify what makes a good turn-based RPG. I I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I'm just looking at um some of the games that Idea Factory has done, and they haven't done anything on PC in a while. I guess the last oh I guess last thing they did was the last Neptunia game. Um, 
Neptunia Virtual Stars. Okay, Steam just broke. So, this is one of the, the infinite spin-off games the Neptunia series has, where you... I don't even... I think this is a continuation of, like... I don't. I was going to say continuation of the Idol game. It's part Idol, I guess, but also Hack and Slash, because... Neptunia. But all the spin-off games, even if they don't need to be... Um, need to be hack and slash games always seem to be hack and slash but id factory also did the uh the recent azure lane game as well which i was very surprised about it looks fun but i don't care about azure lane so i'm not gonna play it and then the last nep game they did oh they right i forgot they actually made so in the uh in the end credit scenes of i think the first neptunia game there's a um a side-scrolling shooter and they decided to actually make this into an actual game i don't know why i guess someone was requesting it and now that exists i guess um Neptun super neptunia rpg i want to try out i apparently like recently it's got like mixed reviews i don't know why because when i when I saw the initial reviews of the game, it seemed like people enjoyed it. Um, and it looks like a fairly decent uh, party-based uh, RPG system. Like, nothing nothing groundbreaking, but it certainly still looks fun. I don't know, maybe people have a very, um, very picky views with what they want. What has Artisan Studios done? Nothing besides... <clears throat> nothing besides Super Neptunia RPG. Alright, sure. Also, every NEP game has way too much DLC. Like, so, so much DLC that <clears throat> you don't even know what to do with all the DLC. And most of it is just like, hey, you want some, um, you want some new, you want some new skins? Hey, you want some skins? You, you think that Fortnite and games like that are bad with skins? You've never played a Japanese game because, oh, they love to sell you skins. Like, you're, you, there will be a skins menu in the game. And there will be nothing in it. And throughout the entire game, you will never get anything in it. Because all of the skins you get are DLC. They have to pay for. No free skins here. No free skins, not at all. No, no, no. You want some customization? You gotta pay for it. I guess there is one exception. And that is with, um... Actually, Crystar's just as bad with all the other DLC. But, um... With the... Holy shit, it's $85 right now for Crystar. What the fuck? Um, I would not pay $85 for this game. I got it on sale for like 50% off or so. Still a fun game. Just, I, would, I, don't, I wouldn't pay $84 for any game though. But um, you get one set of DLC with this. You get the, uh, the bikini DLC. And that is all. <laughs> all the other DLC, like the uniform DLC and mid-eyes clothes. And what other ones do you have in here? You can... I, that's cute. You can put Sen in Animanesis' clothes. That that actually does make sense once you sort of play the game and understand a bit of the story. Um, and you can put... <laughs> you can put Nanana and Phyllis' clothes. That's cute. I like that, actually. Um, but yeah, you get, a, you get a bikini costume for all of the characters, which is cool. Um, what is this studio made? The they made the Caligula effect? Alright then. Um that's is that is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, that is. It has a really sh the fuck? 
it has a really shitty anime, doesn't it? Is there anything anything besides videos here? Yeah, pictures. So it looks like it's a turn-based... Looks like a similar um, turn-based style as Neptunia. But it's got an interesting way to do its, um, its turns up here, which... Is, that's cool. Ah, okay. Uh, also, it's in a school. Yeah, I do know what Caligula effect is. Yeah, this did have a really shitty anime. Ah, uh, what a what a what a great time that was. Um, let's see, that was on Fudu Corporation. What else have they done? Uh, Nisa RPG Bundle. No idea what that is. Lots of DLC. Lost Dimension. No idea what that is. Also, this this holiday DLC. Yay. Um, Chunsoft. Oh, they did the um the ReZero visual novel. Nice. Also, Robotics Notes. Nice. Robotics Notes has a... Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, so Chunsoft is a very important company. So ReZero, Robotics Notes, Danganronpa, Steinsgate. Yeah, okay. The, this is actually like a serious studio. Um, I've never played through Steinsgate. I should at some point. I, I adore the anime. I, I even like things like Chaos Head and Chaos Child, even though they're questionable in their quality, would be a good way to put it. Um, at least the, the anime. But, I don't know, at some point, maybe. It's just kind of difficult for me to sit down and want to play a visual novel. Like, I'm going to read. I might just read a book. <laughs> like, an actual book. Um, yeah. Speaking of books... Uh, I think, did I mention this last time that my sister got me a, uh, no, I didn't mention this. So my sister usually just buys me a gift card for a local bookshop in Australia known as QBD. It's cool. I like books. She's lazy, doesn't want to find me a gift. Works out kind of well. And I wouldn't spent that, uh, that gift card along with buying a bunch of other books as well. I bought a meme book though, because people keep telling me about this book. Um, here... I haven't read it yet. You might have you might have just seen the title there. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if you're listening to the audio, you had, you didn't know. So it works out for me because most of my listeners are audio. Uh, this this right here. This is the four hour work week. Escape the nine to five. Live anywhere and join the new rich. Warning: Do not read this book unless you want a new way of living. Oh, that's scary. Forget the old concept of retirement and saving for the future. There is no need to wait and every reason not to. Whether your dream is escaping the rat race, experience first-class world travel, earning a monthly five-figure salary, uh, five-figure in five-figure income with no management, or just living more and working less, this book is the blueprint. In this step-by-step -step guide to living the life of your dreams, you will learn how author Timothy uh, Timothy Ferris went from forty thousand dollars a year and eighty hours per week. <laughs> Wait. Wait. I'm so okay. This is why I called it a meme book. How little are you getting paid if you're working 80 hours a week and you're making $40,000? What does that work out to be? So there's 52 weeks in a year. Um 52 times 80. That okay. So 40,000 Divided by, so that's $9.60 an hour. I guess if you're working 80 hours a week at minimum wage jobs, 
you yeah you could make forty thousand dollars a year um but most people who work minimum wage jobs also don't work that many hours though maybe they'll work 40 hours but 80 hours um yeah sure <laughs> i'll accept it maybe maybe it's completely true maybe he did work 80 hours a week making forty thousand dollars a year um, how to eliminate 50% of your work in 48 hours using the principles of a forgotten Italian economist. Uh, yeah, European economics. Um, how to exchange your career for life. Uh, how to exchange your career for life for short work. Wait, how to exchange your career for life for short work bursts and frequent mini retirements. That is a weird phrasing. And how to outsource your life and do whatever you want. And this is a quote from Jack Canfield. It's about time this book was written. It is a long overdue manifesto for the uh, mobile uh, for the mobile lifestyle. And Tim uh, and Tim Ferriss is the ideal embarrasser uh, ambassador. I had the second I saw this book, even though it is thirty dollars, I had to buy it. I knew I had to buy it because it was going to be funny. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's actually like a super serious book and it will change my life forever. I would like to be retired right now. That would be lovely. We'll see how that goes. We'll see if the meme book, um, if we'll see if the meme book manages to give me some way to retire by the time I'm 30. That would be cool. I would like that. Because my goal right now is just ride the crypto wave and, uh, that's doing pretty good for me. I've made enough from that. Not 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 enough to retire at thirty, but I've made a lot from it so far. Waiting for that uh, waiting for that big crash to happen, and uh, then then we'll see how we go. Um, I did notice actually that Bitcoin hit a new a new record. Um, it is currently <laughs> there's a uh, article from abc.net.au why I will never buy Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency. Let's talk about that one in just a moment. Um, Bitcoin is currently $81,000 in Australia. What the actual fuck? Uh, what is that in a not shit currency? $62,882. What the fuck? Um, <clears throat> yeah, my, that's my, that's my current, uh, my current, my current plan is buy, uh, buy crypto and go through that. Let's see what doc, uh, why did I say doctor? Let's see, what, he's not a doctor. Let's see what Mr. Patrick Wright has to say about a Bitcoin. Um, <clears throat> how much is Bitcoin really worth? I don't have a good answer. It's why I'm steering clear. Uh, how much is your dollar worth? You don't know because it's not actually backed by anything. Let's find out what he has to say about this. Uh, when I think about Bitcoin, the best known cryptocurrency right now, I think of a quote from Warren Buffett. Price is what you pay. Value is what you get. The Oracle of Omaha wrote in a... Omaha, is that how you say that? I don't know. Wrote in a letter to his Berkshire Hathaway shareholders in 2008. I don't care about your ads. Um, whether we're talking about socks or stocks, I like buying quality merchandise when it is marked down. Uh, the quote highlights a couple of important points about investing. The price of investment doesn't necessarily reflect its value. No, that that's exact. No, that that's the opposite of what he's saying. The price is exact. The only thing that reflects its the, the price is the only thing that defines its value. Uh, and the lower the price you pay, the better the, your results. Okay, sure. Yeah, if you if you're looking for investments, that's very good advice. Um, it's common sense, really. And while Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies have been around for quite a while and have made lots of people rich, these two points sum up why I'm staying away. 
uh, that is not to say that Bitcoin is going to collapse. It's just that Bitcoin doesn't make a lot of sense as an investment to me. Here are four reasons why. Bitcoin is not a productive asset. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, when you invest in the stock market, you become part owner of a business. When they succeed, businesses are productive. They tend to make money, and as a shareholder, you're entitled to some of it. Uh, it's the same with property, which can be rented out to generate an income stream for the owner. Uh, Bitcoin's value is also based on the project itself. You might decide, for example, to accept a certain return from a business or rental property like 5% that can help you decide how much you're willing to value the investment. In this case, 20 times rent or income. But how do you decide how much to pay for Bitcoin? It doesn't produce earnings or cash flow like a business or rental property. It's just a token that trades at whatever price people are willing to pay. I certainly don't know how much a Bitcoin is worth myself, and that's one of the reasons I'm steering clear. Um, the price is what people want to pay for it. Bitcoin interest is not the same as bank interest. Okay, sure. Uh, the, the the interest or the increase in the Bitcoin price doesn't actually matter until you actually sell it. Uh, sure, some companies pay interest on Bitcoin, but these arrangements are nothing like a typical savings account. Mm, no, they actually they actually are. They're very very similar to a savings account actually. Uh, these interest payments are often generated by lending out holdings to other investors and traders. That's exactly how a bank operates. Uh, this introduces counterparty risk if your company lending your if the company uh, if your company lending your Bitcoin goes bust, you end up losing money. It's far riskier than a bank savings account because cash deposits are under uh, of under two hundred fifty thousand are guaranteed by the government. Okay, that's fair. Um, but that doesn't mean that the same thing couldn't happen to a uh, a crypto lending company, for example. But yeah, you you lose your money if the bank goes bankrupt as well. So that's not exactly a uh, a fair situation. Even in the unlikely situation your bank goes bust, you won't lose your cash because the government will bail you out. Uh, there's also the, sen the issue of security. The exchanges where people trade their cash for cryptocurrency are often targeted by hackers. Um, do not use a uh, a system where you have to leave your coin on an exchange then. Uh, yeah, don't do that. Bad idea. Use a staking coin. Much better idea. Bitcoin is highly speculative. Okay, let's see where you're going with this one. Because um, yes, it is. But also so is the stock market. Uh, and gold. And every sort of investment. In late 2016, you could buy a single Bitcoin for around $1,000. Today, Bitcoin is worth more than 70 times that. I'm guessing you're going by $1,000 in the Australian price because uh, if you're going by US price, that wouldn't be 70 times. That would only be 62 or whatever. Uh, it's great news for people who held on, but there's no guarantee the trend will continue. Y yes, that's how investments work. Uh, but while the jury is still on Bitcoin's future, it is clear there is a lot of speculation going on. It's something even even Elon Musk, who recently bought $1.5 billion Bitcoin for his company, Tesla, earlier this year, can admit. It should be considered speculation at this point, so don't go far, uh, too far with crypto speculation front. Uh, so don't go too far with the crypto speculation front, Mr. Musk said recently. Yeah, that's entirely fair. Uh, only invest what you can afford to lose. 
People should not invest their life savings in cryptocurrency. To be clear, that's unwise. That is the case for basically any sort of investment. If you think that there is any chance that it could go completely belly up and you actually need that money, do not invest it. Do not... In Keep yourself safe, basically. Don't... Like... You don't have... You're not playing the, the slot machines here. Like, leave yourself some money that if something bad happens, you don't lose your house. Uh, another issue to consider is Bitcoin's volatility. In December 2017, Bitcoin briefly sold for more than $25,000. Shortly afterwards, the price crashed more than 30%. The price can continue to decline, uh, falling to less than $5,000. Fuck, I wish I'd bought back at $5,000. Even if you went, uh, if you're even if you're a fervent believer in Bitcoin, it would have been extremely hard to hold on during the, uh, through that period. You shouldn't have held on. If you held on, you're an absolute fucking moron. What you should have done is sold at the twenty five thousand when it started to fall and buy at the bottom. If you don't do that, I think you're a crazy person. Take advantage of the dips, but also. Have you heard of this thing called the the GFC, the Global Financial Crisis? Um, well, how about Corona? Ever heard of Corona? Uh, <laughs> ever heard of things that cause market volatility? Uh, yeah, every asset is going to be susceptible to market volatility. Crypto probably more so, just because the market is smaller than um, you know, than the the stock exchanges. Uh, it's not clear if Bitcoin will be widely adopted. If you think it's a currency, you're a moron. Uh, some Bitcoin, it's... it's. I wouldn't even call it a store of value. I would call it a trend to just... <laughs> it, it is a trend that we don't know where it's going to go. Uh, some Bitcoin supporters believe digital currency will be widely adopted in the future. It, it, it won't be. It, it is such a fucking power hog. That's not going to ever happen. Um, it is often used as an argument to buy Bitcoin by now while they're cheap because before everyone else needs them. But it's not entirely clear if this future will eventuate. Um, as Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe has argued, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin are not commonly used for everyday payments and it's hard to see that changing. I actually do expect that to change for like behind the scenes stuff to actually increase transaction speed. But as for, you know, everyday day-to-day -day payments, it doesn't really make a ton of sense. But... As we're shifting to fully digital currencies, I have a feeling that the banks will roll out some sort of proprietary coin that sort of speeds up their ability to actually handle transactions. Maybe based on, like, XRP or something like that. Um, the value of Bitcoin is very volatile. The number of payments that can be currently handled is very low. There are governance problems. The transaction cost involved in making a payment with Bitcoin is very high. That is very true. Uh, not as bad as some coins. Uh, mobile coin, 10% flat fee. Uh, an estimate, uh, estimates of electricity used in the process of mining of coins are staggering. Yes. Um, it is okay to sit and watch from the sidelines, but you will, you know, screw up and think realize you should have bought some while back. I don't know if Bitcoin is going to rule the world, uh, and I don't want to bet that people will be willing to pay more Bitcoins in future than they do. Wait. I don't want to bet that people will be willing to pay more pay more for Bitcoins in future than they do today. Uh, so I'm simply not getting involved. Well, you could always put like a couple of hundred dollars in there. I'm sure like a writer at the ABC has some uh, has some spare income they can chuck at it for a meme and just see what happens. Uh, it's one of the great things about investing. You can pick and choose the investments that suit you most. 
And for me, it's not Bitcoins and cryptocurrencies. You may decide differently and you may be right. I would say one thing, which is not to get too carried away. Don't risk what you, can, what you can't afford. What? Yeah, yeah obviously. Uh, and finally, keep your Bitcoin secure. You don't want to be end up, end up like James Howell, who accidentally threw away a hard drive containing 7,500 Bitcoins. I agree with the final sentiment here, like don't risk what you can't lose, but all of this is basically true about any other asset you can purchase as well. I think just putting, um, if you just put Bitcoin in the title, it's very good for clicks, as we sort of established by me clicking on it. Uh, <laughs> stocks rise, Bitcoin reaches, Bitcoin, stocks rise, Bitcoin reaches record high, unemployment to fall. Mmm. We'll see how that goes. We'll see if it uh we get some sort of weird recovery or if we crash or what en what ends up actually happening. Um Most investors still think Bitcoin is a bubble. I hope it's a bubble. I want the bubble to crash. I want the bubble I want the bubble to pop because what's going to happen? It's going to whoop. It's going to way back up because sure it's a bubble, but the market is very big. The market is very fucking big. And if that bu if that bubble crashes, some like investment bankers sell out and sell like multiple millions of dollars of Bitcoin in a single transaction, and it goes, and I go throw my money at it, and then throw the money back at me, and then I'm rich. That's how that works. <laughs> Don't invest anything you can't uh, can't afford to lose. YouTube, don't strike me. I'm not I'm not investment expert. Whatever. Blah blah blah. You know you know the drill. YouTube, you know the drill. I'm just saying my opinion on this. I don't. I'm not saying you should invest your money in this. I'm just saying what I've done myself. Uh, if money can't buy your love, maybe Bitcoin will do. Maybe Bitcoin will do. Oh wait, I can't read. I was just reading a picture that was there. Oh lordy lord. Yes. Um, what do we got here? Let's talk about some Minecraft. We already talked about some Minecraft earlier, but there's this weird channel. I, I don't know what gave him the idea to do this, but basically all of his videos are about non-Euclidean Minecraft. So let's see if I can find the channel. Um, the couple of channels who are doing it, because I guess this mod must have just come out. Uh, the one that I've specifically been watching, though, is called uh, BT Mods. BT Mods makes, like, I guess the... <clears throat> I guess you describe them as, like... Oh, wait, he's only done, like, a few videos. And most of the... Wow, okay. I guess I've only watched a couple, then. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this video, basically... Without the fucking eToro ads! Um... Basically, the idea is it's using a mod called Immersive Portals, where unlike in regular Minecraft portals where there's a loading screen, um, this one makes them immersive. And you can use that to do things like increase the size of your character or decrease the size of your character and make it sort of seem like nothing's actually happened until you actually take a look at what's actually happening or maybe teleport you somewhere, things like that. So, what you're going to see is this person walking into their house here. Yeah, they walk into their house, and as they walk out, you'll see what I'm, you mean about... Oh, see what I mean about this um, weird, uh, weird sort of teleportation. So, he's sort of going on about, like, oh, this is... 
I've only been playing this Minecraft world for like two days or so now, and I've only got this small house, and if we go back outside, oh, look at look the house is... I've, I haven't done that much work to it, and like go back into the house and do some other fancy stuff. Um, it's a cool mod for sure, and there's some other cool stuff you can do with it. Like there was one here about like how big can you make a piece of TNT? Uh, the answer is quite big, and the way TNT is sort of written in Minecraft is odd. Because normally what it's supposed to do is make a crater. But if you increase the size of the, the TNT, it doesn't increase the size of the crater. It starts to, like, stretch out where the damage of the crater is actually hitting. So, <clears throat> it starts to, like, checkerboard. I don't, I don't understand how, how, it's actually, um, how it's actually programmed like that. Um, it's odd. It's definitely an odd sort of programming, but <clears throat> it's cool. He also did one where he, uh, basically did this, like, oh, fucking god, fucking eToro again. Um, they know I'm talking about them. He also did this other one where he was doing, like, this Minecraft speedrun. There actually, there was one dude in the, uh, who was saying, like, oh, I can't believe this channel hasn't exploded yet, and there was someone being like, oh, yeah, you know this is fake, right? Like, Yes. What do you mean you know this is fake? It literally says a non-Euclidean Minecraft speedrun with mods. Um, This is a kind of fun one. Here we go. He falls through the ground. I know he gets small, sorry. And now he can like walk through this hole and I think... What does he do now? I think he... He goes through the portal? Is that what happens? And then... Oh no, he opens the chest and then becomes bigger again. And there's some, some neat things that happen here. Uh, oh, yeah. He'll rebuild the nether portal. And you'll see the, the immersive portals in action. Here you go. Uh, yeah, if we go ahead just a little bit. Uh, there you go. So, regular world here. Nether here. It's actually a cool mod. I sort of wish that... Um, sort of wish it worked like this out of the box. Don't know why it doesn't. I'm guessing there might be some performance hit for actually having these portals work like this, but I still think it's cool nonetheless. Obviously, the rest of you, the non-Euclidean stuff doesn't really make much sense, but portals like this certainly would be cool. And it could lead to some fun stuff, uh, fun stuff happening for sure. Maybe it'll lead to some weird game-breaking stuff as well. I don't know. I'm sure there's some really stupid things you could probably do if you are messing around enough with this um with this way the game actually functions. But I recommend checking this stuff out. I, I sort of I don't know, I, I don't I haven't played Minecraft in so long, but occasionally I will watch Minecraft videos for some inconceivable reason. <laughs> I I don't know why. I genuinely don't know why. There's just there's just something about watching Minecraft videos that is kind of enjoyable. Not the, like the, you know, the, hey guys, let's go build stuff in hardcore stuff like that. Like the the content is actually like obviously directed at children. But like the people who try to like I guess I guess mess around with what Minecraft is actually capable of and do some like pretty cool stuff like that. I think it's still definitely um. Definitely fun to fun to check out for sure, and I I highly suggest it. Um, I don't really have much else to talk about on that profile. Or that profile, that um, that that topic. Speaking of 
profile. I was actually looking at the next topic I wanted to do. Um, one of my subscribers, I don't think I told him the name, but I guess he just worked out what my, uh, my Kitsu profile name was. Like, it's the same name I use for all my games, so it's pretty easy to work out. Um, but, yeah, here's my Kitsu. Um, here we go. I love this picture. I stand behind this picture. The, I haven't changed this profile since... I think it would have been like 18 or 19. So maybe even younger, maybe even like 17 or so. So you can, you can sort of like see into the, the mindset of, uh, the mindset of, uh, what, what, how many years ago would that have been? Five years? Fuck. I was five years ago. I would have been 18. Fuck. <laughs> so 2016, 2015 Brody. Um, but Hey, Waifu, Mash Kitty Alite from um from Fate. It's not a bad choice. Not a bad choice at all. Uh, I've got way too much shit. Wait, I've got way too much time on my hands. So if you ever want to talk shit, hit me up and I'll probably respond. I I completely stand by that actually. Yeah, maybe maybe eighteen year old Brody isn't that bad to be honest. Uh, anime stats. So fifty percent comedy. 42% action, 39% fantasy, 24% romance, 19% science fiction, 16% adventure, and 14% superpower. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty accurate to my taste now. I would say that's nothing really out of the ordinary. That's uh, a breakdown of how much I've actually watched, like the genres I've watched of. And I have apparently watched 7.8 months of anime. Like seven, seven, seven point eight month. Yeah. Um. Like actual days of my life. Yeah. So like, oh, I've wasted almost an entire year just watching anime. And you know what? I don't take it back. And that's that's only that's only over seven. I've only had the Kitsu account for seven years. I guess I've been watching anime maybe more like nine years. So over nine years, I've almost spent an entire year of my life watching anime. That might be a problem. I've slowed down now. Like, most of this I've watched. I think most of it I would have watched while I was at high school. So, yeah. I had nothing but free time in, in high school like most high schoolers do. So, yeah. Uh, as for manga, apparently I've uh, read more than 89% of users only finishing 24 things but reading 3,500 chapters. Fuck, I read a lot of manga. I guess a lot of that would have... Oh, yeah, no, because I've... A good portion of that would have been One Piece. Uh, One Piece and JoJo would have made up a lot of that. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And I, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I've watched more than 99% of other users on Kitsu finishing 1,135 things. <laughs> Fucking Christ. What is... What was my last post? Uh, all right, no, if you post stuff about the, yeah, if you, yeah, if you update your anime list, then it's going to uh, show that. I can't show the last thing, actually. Oh, wait, no. User activity. What was the last thing I actually, what was the last thing I actually posted? Uh, it was about, Sarado Natsumibito wa Ryuto Odoru. 
Uh, this was three years ago. Okay, three years ago was... I love trashy LN adaptations as much as the next guy, but even this is too much for me. It's like someone took everything bad about LN... Uh, it's like someone took everything bad about LNs about them and put them all into a boring package for everyone to enjoy. Weird phrasing. Oh, here's a good one. Um, Pop Team Epic is the piece de, de, de resistance of anime. Only true intellectuals will understand the greatness of this art masterpiece. You need to have watched Rick and Morty at least 100 times and have an IQ of over 300 to understand the complexities of Popico and Pippi Me. I believe that was a copy faster. If I recall correctly, that was a, that was a copy faster. Uh, ah, so I also had watched, I was just about to go watch the first Heaven's Feel movie. Wow. Uh, anyway, favorite series, uh, second season of Higarashi no Naku Koro Ni, which, you know, it's good. People who like laugh about this series, but I enjoy it. Hunter Hunter, absolutely stand by Hunter Hunter 2011. That is a masterpiece. Probably should be in first place, but I'll accept that. Um, Monogatari series, second season. Also really good. Uh, Made in Abyss, masterpiece. Stand by that. A good Lagon, Absolute masterpiece. Yep. Steins Gate. Yep. Now, why is the second season of Code Geass here? Uh, I enjoy it. It's really good. It wouldn't be there if I updated the list now. I would have something much better here. Uh, I, I don't know what I'd have here, but something. And also... <laughs> <laughs> the one that sort of stands out, Imoto Sai Ireba. <laughs> Imoto Sa I love this series. Imoto Sai Ireba is really good, but you wouldn't expect it to be on someone's like top list. So the story follows Siskon novelist Itsuki Hashima, his perfect sibling Chihiro, obsessed uh, genius illustrator Kani Nayuta peer slash best friend Shirakawa Kyoto and other crazy figures from the publishing industry. Uh, the English name is A Sister's All You Need. This is really good. I do recommend it, but it's also weird to have on a top 10 list. <laughs> I wouldn't have it there now. I've seen much better stuff since then. Mushoku Tensei would probably be on this list because um, that is a fucking masterpiece. I don't know what else I'd put there, but something else. As for my favorite characters... Um, this, this is here for a meme. Uh, so we have Shinobu, we have Kana Kamui, which, yeah, I love Kana. Can't wait for the next season of Maid Dragon. Uh, <laughs> Koneko Tojo from High School DD. Uh, the cat girl from High School DD. Good taste, yeah. Um, we have Megumi Kato from Sanai Heroin. Sanai Heroin, yes. Yes? What, is that it? I think? Maybe? Um... I think so. Wait, I need to check. <laughs> uh, Megumi Kato. No, not the actual person. Uh, Sanai Heroin no Sarate Kata. It's about a group of people who make, uh, who make a visual novel. It's cool. Uh, Fate Testarossa from Nanoha. Yep, fair taste. Uh, Tomoya Daijo from... Uh, Daidoji, dai sorry, I can't read. Tomoyo Daidoji from Cardcaptor Sakura. Sure, yep, I, I love Sakura. Great series. Uh, Tomoyo is also a very fun character. Uh, we have Sk uh, Skuyo from Gintama. Yeah, she's 
a really good character. Probably still my favorite character from Gintama. Maybe. Mm, I don't know. It's been a long time since I watched Gintama. I maybe I'll stand by that. Still a good character nonetheless. And also Robert EO Speedwagon. <laughs> Just like, okay, if I'm gonna have a top a top characters list, obviously Speedwagon has to be on it. Um as for my favorite manga. I don't know why some of these things are here. Uh like Naruto. I don't know why Naruto is here, but it is. Uh, we have Made in Abyss. Really good. Takes fucking forever to come out, but really good. Mob Psycho 100. Fully stand by that. Mob Psycho 100 is really good. Uh, when it wasn't shit, I would stand by Shokugeki no Soma being on that list. Food Wars. Really good. Apparently the ending is really bad. Haven't actually read it though. Uh, <laughs> Jojo no Kimio no Boken. Uh, part five. Orgon no Kaze. Golden Wind. Golden Wind is good. I don't know why part five's there. I love part five, but... Mm, yeah, I'd say part five's still probably my favorite part from the ones I've read. I haven't finished Steel Ball Run yet. At some point, I will finish Steel Ball Run. Uh, that point is not now, though. Keijo. Keijo is really good. Keijo is basically... It is a... Uh, what what's a good way to describe it? Butt boxing. Butt boxing, how you describe it, basically. <clears throat> basically, they're on, like, this little... This little floaty, floaty thing in, in a pool, and they try to knock each other with their... Uh, knock each other off with their asses. But it's also a super-powered series, which makes it even better. <laughs> so, sure. <clears throat> butt boxing is fine, but... Butt boxing, where you have people using, like, not, like, absolute nonsense powers. Like, there was one character in that series who, if she felt up someone's ass, could, like, copy their techniques. Does that make any sense? No. Does it need to make sense? No, because it's anime. Uh, also, next up, we have Naruto, which I don't know why is here. Um, because I never, well, I finished the first season of, or the first section of Naruto. I never finished reading Shippuden though. So that's there, I guess. One Piece. I think I put One Piece there just because I suffered through all of that like everything up to like Cake Island. Cake Island is that what it's called? Yeah, Cake Island. Whatever the 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 one where Sanji fucks off to be forced into a marriage. Uh, I know it's got way further than that at this point, but that's where I stopped. I think the only reason it's there is because I I decided to sit through all of it. And then Himitsu no Recipe. I don't remember what this is. It's a Yuri manga by the looks of it. Is this hentai? Maybe. Maybe it is. Hmm. You know, I'm gonna check. I'm... Uh, can I find the manga somewhere? I don't think it is. That would be funny if I just put some hentai manga on my list. Um, Himitsu no Recipe. It doesn't say it is. 
So I'm going to say that probably not. Uh... Oh, no, it's just a... It's just a very wholesome Yuri series. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a very wholesome Yuri series. Recommend it. Uh, I said, I don't know if it's any good. Brody from years ago did think it was, though. So I'll take... I will take Brody's opinion from four or five years ago when he read it. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is my, my Kitsu profile. I do have a older my anime list but i don't remember what the account name was yeah i don't I think i think i changed it from my original one so i don't know if i can find it at this point eh hmm i just found one of my friends from high school's uh profile Wow. Wow, this is even cringier than, uh... Wait, was that his account? Was that someone else? Oh, no, that was the one. That was someone who had the same name. When was the last time you updated yours? What's on his... Ayase Kishimoto is his waifu? Okay. Wow, this hasn't been updated in so long. Wow, we, <laughs> we <laughs> the, oh lord, let's so we have first season of Damachi, high school DD specials, uh, Steinsgate movie, cousin of stigma, such a shit thing, um, <clears throat> Midai Nikki, really good, very edgy, Dead Leaves, good, edgy, um. Second season of Ruby. Wow. Helsing, uh, some high school DD. Wow. This is such a, such an old list. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to see if I can find some other people, uh, some other people from years ago that probably haven't updated their thing in a long time. Uh, oh, it's Punk Tim Tams. Punk Tim Tams. <laughs> uh, let's see. What have you got on your list? Ah, oh, nothing, basically. Absolutely nothing. Okay. What about Hino of the Dawn? Let's find out. What is what is Hino of the Dawn currently watching as of three years ago? Um, Yokai Apartment, really good. The Wait. Wait, you, you've updated your list recently. Wait, wait, you've updated your list recently. Are you still using this? December 4th. I'm guessing that means... Yeah, no, that is, that's actually recent stuff. So you actually are still watching stuff. That's amusing. Um, I haven't posted anything, though. So, currently watching, you will... Uh, you've got... Second season of New Fruits Basket. Uh, Arjin, okay. Pretty good. Jibaku Shonen. Cal only just now watching Cowboy Bebop. Okay, sure. Uh, Bungo Stray, uh, Stray Dogs. Flip Flappers, that is a really good one. Uh, oh, Panty and Stocking with Garter Belt. That is a series that 
I highly re recommend people checking out that. It's got a very weird name, but it is really, really good. What have you completed? Let's find out. Uh, oh, B-Stars. Let's, let's even find something weird in here. Uh, I'm not seeing anything. I'm just seeing fairly, fairly normy, fairly normy-friendly anime. Hmm. That's a good one. Gaku and Handsome is a very weird series, but a entertaining one nonetheless. Now, this is a very, very normal list. A Love Live. Yes. Perfect. Anyway, that's enough. Uh, that's enough looking at people's anime profiles. Oh, uh, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, what did you drop? That's a better question. Uh, you drop. Wait, why did you drop Keijo? You dropped Keijo? Hold up. You dropped. You dropped Tobayashi san Chino Maid Dragon. You dropped a fucking Maid Dragon. And you. You dropped NN no Shobotai. Fire Force. Dropped Demon Slayer. What? Are you in. Do you have any taste? Do you have any taste at all? Uh, what's on hold? Urara Medo Cho is on hold. Kyokai no Kanata is on hold. Okay, fine. You didn't drop it. High School The Dead is on hold. <laughs> high School. Just finish. You've got two episodes left. Just finish off High School The Dead. It's never getting a sequel. So just, just fucking finish it, mate. Finish it. Um, yeah. This person avoids me whenever I see them at cons. I don't know why. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure why. It's not because I, I bully them about their, their anime profile. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I was a weird person back in high school, and there's a reason why, a uh, reason why they avoid me. I don't know. Um. Uh, anyway, yes. What do we have left? Oh yeah, I want to before we end the 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 podcast. I'm sure you heard about it if you pay it at all attention to any news at all. Um, the greatest Australian comedian, the one and only Lewis Spears, made a joke, a joke about Prince Philip, a joke about Prince Philip. <laughs> the day he died. Not just the day he died, the hour he died, because he didn't realize he died. So what happened, he had this set where he was going to be roasting the royals, because in Australia, we don't care about the royals except to make fun of them. Um, and he had this set, because Prince Philip looks like a ghoul. Um, at least looked like a ghoul. Now he probably looks more like a... a actually, probably more like a ghoul, to be honest. Um, and he was telling this joke. Someone in the audience yells out, he just died. During the middle of his Prince Philip set, someone yells out, he just died. Um, fucking Etoro ad. Another one. And whoa, whoa. he then went on to basically just continue. Actually, I can't show you really anything here. Yeah, someone I think hands him their phone. Yeah. <laughs> And the phone's like, and he starts like reading out like the cause of death, um, and everyone in the audience was fucking losing it, and they're cheering that he's died now. Um, obviously it's a bad thing that someone died, but holy shit, this timing! And the funny thing that happened with this is all of the Australian media who covered this 
basically didn't care. Even even going so far as some of them actually promoting his shows. So if you want to go see him in Melbourne right now, it's fucking impossible because all of his shows are just sold out. And <laughs> Lou is such a fucking legend with this. Like the, his original plan to sell out his Melbourne shows was with the Sam Summers thing. So I did cover this recently. Um, <clears throat> I think on the podcast and also the live stream. So there was the the story about the guy who got his dick stuck in a uh, in a um what what's the word called uh a chastity cage that one the dude who got his dick stuck in a, a chastity cage because it was a smart chastity cage and someone hacked it now this story was complete <clears throat> complete bullshit that lewis made up and it went viral and on top of that one during the middle of him doing his shows now he's had this one on top of it. Holy crap, it's going to be hard to get Adelaide tickets when those go for sale. I'm so excited to go see Lou again. Like, I've got a a poster up in my wardrobe that I obviously can't hang up because I'm in a share house. Uh, up in my wardrobe that's signed by him. I've got... Actually, I think I've got two signed by him, actually. Honestly, my favourite comedian. I don't think there is anyone funnier in Australia. He is a fucking... Close to seven foot tall, lanky boy, but hey, still a cool lad. Um, also, he dresses like a fucking biker, and he's the least threatening looking dude on the planet. <laughs> but yes, if you haven't seen this video called I Tell a Prince Philip Joke, Then He Dies, I really recommend it because holy crap, it is funny. And then he did a follow up video. Uh, where he basically addresses... Hey, look, it's another ad that's not a uh, Itorod. Now it's Thirsty Camel. Um, he did a follow-up video where called My Response to the Media obviously didn't go anywhere near as viral as the Prince Philip one. Um, but yeah, that's also good as well because he basically just goes over like all of the media response, the, the Australian media promoting him, the UK media being outraged. Actually, let's see if we can find the... <clears throat> the BBC coverage of it. <laughs> BBC, Lewis, Spears. Uh, actually, we just BBC, Lewis, Spears. Here we go. Oh, this is from the express.co.uk. Moment, Australian comedian jokes about Prince Philip's death, then is told he's dead. That's not a great title. Um, comedian Lewis Spears... Here we go. He might, he might be a fun one. Here, here we go. The embarrassing moment an Australian comedian learns of Prince Philip's death live on stage when he's in the middle of telling a poor taste joke about the Duke of Edinburgh. <laughs> oh, Lord. I love this. Moment comedian finds out Prince Philip is dead while mocking him during a set. The fucking face he pulled the second he found out, though. It's like, holy shit. Oh, yeah, it's, he posted, like, he knew that it was going to go viral. He posted the clip the night the show ended because he wanted to get this out as quickly as possible. And it worked. It worked really well because people looking up Prince Philip's death were finding this video. 
and obviously that boosts it up even further. It hasn't hit a million yet, which is really surprising. I thought it would have, but it's close to a million views. I think right now it's at like 970,000. Uh, also, a lot of the like UK media and also US media as well says Lewis Spears has a very vulgar way of speaking. Basically, he speaks like an Australian. Like, he'll say cunt a lot because he's an Aussie. And that's how Aussies speak. And if you listen to an Australian comedian, it's fairly normal. Like, most Australian comedians, uh, comedians do. A few of them don't just because they don't want to be lumped in trying to just sound like everyone else. So, like, Luke Kidgel, for example, does his own thing and he doesn't really. But, um, yeah. Lewis, on the other hand, fully embraces it. Lewis is a... Uh, Fully on board with it. Um, also, he's, he's you've probably seen some of the some of the things he's done in the past before, where he like tricked Rebel News into thinking that not just not just Rebel News. Um, what's the CEO Ezra Levant? Is that the CEO? Yes, the CEO of Rebel News or founder CEO. I'm gonna say. Founder. I can't work out if he's the CEO anyway. Anyway, yes, he uh, convinced <laughs> convinced Ezra, uh, Ezra Levant that he was the <laughs> that he was the uh, the leader of the Australian branch of Antifa. <laughs> he didn't fact check this. He just ran with it. He's done so many other things like that. I honestly love Australian comedians because they are so so up for just trolling the fuck out of the media. And they just keep falling for it. Like, some of the most obvious fucking stories, they just keep falling for. And they just keep selling more and more and more tickets for the comedian. I believe Lou is considered to be a serial pest by a lot of... Like, that's that's the actual words they use. A serial pest. Um, which I think is a really good title. I would love to be known as a serial pest. That would be... <laughs> That'd be a great, great title to have that all of the news outlets just know me as. Brody Robertson, Serial Pest. Lewis Spears, Serial Pest. Serial Pest has a nice ring to it. I don't know what it is about that specific phrase, but there's just something nice about hearing it. Maybe it's just that there's some some level of pleasure I get from knowing that certain people hate me. I feel like Lou's probably the same. That's probably why he does it. Um, Yeah. <laughs> We're closing in on two hours of the podcast. That has gone by so quickly. Honestly, I, do, I don't know what happened there. Wow. Like, usually the solo podcasts feel like they take a bit longer. Maybe it's just that, um, I don't know, maybe it's just that I'm not, not used to doing them as much anymore. So being by myself for this long, not having, you know, a chat like I would in a live stream or anything like that makes it... I don't know, makes makes feel weird. But I think they're definitely good practice for the live stream because they definitely give me the ability to, um, you know, hold a conversation by myself when there's no one else. Hold, by myself when there's no one else. Yes, that would be by yourself. Uh, hold a conversation by myself and try to keep it in an interesting sort of manner. Because in a live stream, for example, even though you will have a chat there, a lot of the time, the chat's not going to be that active. So if you're, you know, not 
able to actually hold that up, it sort of just falls apart. I've, I think I've talked about this plenty of times before, but doing like being able to do long form content like this without a chat really does help out with the podcast. And I think without having to do, without having done 60 episodes of this podcast, I wouldn't be able to actually make the live stream content at the level that I think I'm making it. Obviously, it's still not anywhere near as good as people who are actually good at live streaming, but it's at least at a point where I can take what I've done and still make clips out of it that I actually think are good clips. So <clears throat> I think that's going to be everything for this. As always, before I go, I would like to tell you a channel to go check out. Because we got on the topic of Australian comedians, another really good comedian I recommend checking out is uh, Frenchie. His uh, channel is Frenchie Sunger Attack. He used to be a English teacher, I believe. Math teacher. He used to be a teacher. This guy. This, this, this guy right here used to be a teacher. Um, and recent videos, he's had... His friend, girlfriend? I don't know. He's had he's had this uh girl called Demi in a lot of his recent videos, fully accepting that it's clickbait, just showing her tits to get as many clicks as possible, having things like a skipping rope tutorial where with her as the thumbnail. I'm not gonna spoil what actually happened in the video, but what I'll say is it, it wasn't a skipping rope tutorial with her as the uh as the model. I presume the same thing's gonna happen for the uh elbow touching one as well. I haven't seen that one just yet. Um, but yeah, I, I highly suggest checking out Frenchie's channel. Really good content. Also, if you want some shitty Australian music, I recommend um, checking out his band as well, Frenchie and the Talent. Uh, also on the same channel. He hasn't done a song in ages, but he's got some pretty banger tracks. All drinking. Um, Shuey is a masterpiece. Goon. What, what, what do I? What more do I need to say? It's goon and football drunk. Actually, no, he did release a song a year ago. Yeah, so maybe we'll see something. And eight months ago, Ruthless is actually really good. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what's happening in this in this preview. Yeah, uh, banger track. Anyway, yeah, I recommend checking it out. It's good content. It's actually not. It's it, it, it's it's Australian good. So like. It's a fucking train wreck, but it's a fun train wreck. You, like, get to watch the fire happen, and you just accept it and enjoy it. That's pretty much how you describe it. So, yeah. I'm going to end the, the podcast. I have got video... I think I've got one more video to plan for the end of the week, but I've got, like, a day and a half to plan it, and I want to get this podcast plan... Uh, edited and stuff. I, I want to have everything done before tomorrow. That would be my ultimate plan. So then I can go into Friday and then go into the weekend having nothing I have to do, just stuff I can do if I feel like it. So before I go, actually, I, I do have a plan for a guest next week. I'm trying to get Tech Hut arranged. Uh, we'll see if that goes well. If it's not Tech Hut, uh, I'm probably going to ask a guy known as Denshi. Denshi does interesting videos about Linux and IKEA furniture. Don't ask how the combination happens. I don't know either. I'm going to ask him if he wants to come on. He's a fairly small channel, but I think his content 
honestly, he, he's a small channel, but it's one of those guys that has a small channel that you know is going to explode because they are just so good at presenting what they're trying to present. And he's so good. Like He, he mainly does sort of like skit stuff. And he is really good at it. So I feel like his channel will explode. It's just that he's in like this weird like half niche thing. Like he doesn't, he just does whatever he wants. And that's not a thing that YouTube really likes. So it's going to take like one video to blow up for a channel like that to actually take off. But I hope it does. Good content. Um, I don't know why I didn't mention that channel for my shout out section. Regardless, good, good channel. Go check that one out as well. Before I go, I would like to thank my supporters. Where are my notes? There's my notes. Uh, supporters, yes. So, a special thank you to Joachim, Donald, Michael, Andrew, Nathan, David, Will. I do want to do that. I'm not going to start it again. Brennan, Chico, Bento, Jamie, Joseph, Mitchell, Peter, the Steven, Tony, Chiara, and all of my two supporters. If you'd like to go support or work, the links down below to my Patreon, subscribe, start, leap, repay, all that sort of stuff. I've got this podcast available, the video version on Odyssey and YouTube. If you're watching the video version though, and you would like to see the audio version, the audio version is available anywhere you can find audio podcasts. And yeah, if you if you happen to discover the podcast but not know about my main channel, the main channel is Brewery Robertson. I mainly do Linux content, and I've also got a gaming channel where I I, I play video games. Fairly, fairly, fairly sensible. So main channel is Brody Robertson. Gaming channel is Brody Robertson Plays. There will be a rebrand at some point. Don't know when. Anyway, that's going to be pretty much everything for this. Um, the lights are now green. And I'm out. Also, this chair is still very squeaky. And you may still not be able to hear it with the mic.